Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, June 22nd, 527 a.m. Central Time. A little bit easier trade in the grain markets this morning. December corn futures down six at 622 and three quarters. November soybeans down 16 and a half at 13.60 even last trade. December Chicago wheat down six at 7.58. December Kansas City wheat down four at 8.67 and three quarters. December spring wheat down two and a half at 8.83 and a quarter. Uh, we had some pretty impressive price action yesterday. We most definitely did. Row crop, pr row crop prices rallied sharply on Wednesday. The December 2023 corn contract gained 31 cents per bushel and posted its best close since October of last year. The contract rallied 139 per bushel from its May low to yesterday's high. The November 2023 soybean contract gained 34 cents per bushel and posted its best close since March. The contract rallied 249 per bushel from its May low to yesterday's high. Concern regarding the building U.S. drought continues to drive price action. You got a lot of fund buying here. Uh, private groups estimating that at yesterday's close, funds were long somewhere around 50,000 contracts of corn, probably net long 125,000 contracts of soybeans, maybe net short 80,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So you're seeing um, uh, some now speculative buying and adding of length in the row crop markets funds covering shorts in the SRW wheat market. Um, so what's the reason here? It's it's drought concern. And it's at, at this point, it's not because the crops are dead. It's because the crops might be dead if it doesn't rain in the central corn belt. And that's that's the big deal. There's, there's still time. It's June 22nd. It's not July 22nd. So if for some reason the rains were to turn on in uh, the northern half of Illinois, in Iowa, in a lot of these other places that are uh, very, very dry, you could still make a case that you could achieve maybe not a trend yield at this point, but uh, something close to it, maybe within four or five bushels. I don't know. I'm not one to make yield predictions in June, but the uncertainty regarding the crop, the fact that this could be an absolute disaster at the end of the day is what's responsible for the, all of this. And uncertainty breeds volatility. That's what we've got going on here. A uh, little bit easier uh, here this morning. Rain chances are slightly better for parts of Iowa this weekend. Beginning Friday and into Saturday, the northern two-thirds of the state could see up to an inch of rain as part of a forthcoming system. The models are conflicted regarding this event. The GFS is more aggressive with rain totals, while the euro is drier. Rain is moving over parts of North Dakota here this morning, while an additional system sits over eastern Colorado. I don't know what's going to come of this system. So this this first map here that I've got uh, is just the next three days. So they're talking like Friday, Saturday, you're going to see some of these rains move into Iowa, southern Minnesota. It, it didn't look to me when I took a closer look at it that the amounts were going to be really that good. It looked like, again, it was going to be spotty and maybe amounts up to an inch at the very best and, and at the worst, it'll be nothing in some of these areas. So this is an event. This is not a drought busting event. Um, this weather pattern has been odd. I mean, I'm no meteorologist, but you get the rains and then they're just so spotty. They just don't cover a whole lot. We had the system yesterday, actually. Um, 
this is a 24 hour accumulation and this may not be totally up to date, but you had this like band of storms that moved across South Dakota, Nebraska and Kansas, and I think into Oklahoma yesterday. But then you look at the totals and it's like, it was real spotty. It just it wasn't everywhere, and it kind of stopped short of uh, the Iowa border here. So uh, it's like this central area of the Corn Belt. When you look at the maps and you look at uh, the forecast, it's just been kind of locked out in terms of rainfall, and that's that's been the trend, and that's why uh, these markets have been able to hold together so well. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, tell me about the video you put together yesterday with Matt. How in the world do you market grain in this sort of environment when there is, I mean, there is no ceiling on prices. There's no floor on prices. Nobody knows what the corn yield is going to be within 30 bushels an acre. And uh, But at the same time, we know that uh, historically, Oftentimes, these crop scare events are sometimes some of your best marketing opportunities. Uh, Matt Bennett joined me yesterday. We talked about grain marketing in volatile times, things to consider, everything from crop insurance guarantees to cash sales to option strategies, um, some things to consider. We had some really good feedback on this video. And then, uh, of course, during June and July, guys, we do a pre-open weather update on Sunday night. So this coming Sunday at about 6 p.m. Central, an hour before the market's open, I'll have a weather update out. We'll talk about any uh, changes in the forecast over the weekend, what it means for the markets. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, we'll send you all the videos. We'll send you the morning emails. Go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. It takes about one minute to sign up on your phone or computer using your credit card piece of cake guys uh, check it out this morning finalized biofuel blending volumes disappointed ethanol and biodiesel advocates on wednesday the epa announced it is requiring the use of 2.82 billion gallons of biomass based diesel in 2023 the quota is 2.2 percent higher than the 2.76 billion gallons gallons required last year but it's still much less than the increase producers were seeking as a, as a result of the news soybean oil declined seven percent Experts claim the EPA rule undermines certainty for those who have made large investments to grow the industry in the coming years. Mackenzie, what do lobbyists do? What's, the, what's their job? Uh, they work to promote an agenda. They lobby. That's what they do. They yeah. lobby. They work to promote an agenda. So the um, the feedback or, or the comments from the lobbyists are very, very critical. And that's their job. Their job is to lobby on behalf of biofuels. So I think that they make it sound maybe a little bit worse than it actually is in reality. The Renewable Fuels Association called the reductions in ethanol mandates inexplicable and unwarranted. Um, the uh, vice president of Clean Fuels, which I think used to be the biodiesel board, said this. The industry responded to signals from the Biden administration and Congress aiming to rapidly decarbonize U.S. fuel markets, particularly aviation, marine and heavy duty transport, and make clean fuels available to more consumers. The volumes EPA finalized today are not high enough to support these goals. Um, the Iowa Ag Secretary actually chimed in also, said the finalized mandates fail to fully support benefits that biofuels can provide to farmers and consumers. So I don't know if this is a bad deal or not for your crush expansion, for your um, sustainable aviation fuel, all of that stuff. The one market that reacted very negatively to all this was soybean oil, which was limit down yesterday. It's down again this morning. Uh, because we had a limit down trade in soybean oil yesterday, guys, the limits across the board in the soybean complex are expanded today. So daily price limit in soybean futures is $1.60 today. Um, I doubt we uh, get that far in either direction, but uh, crazier things have happened, I suppose. 
India's wheat production has declined while China is becoming the world's top wheat buyer. India's government is projecting the country's 2023 wheat output at a record 112.74 million metric tons. A trade group claims output will be much lower, falling between 101 and 103 million metric tons due to heat waves and untimely heavy rains. China's wheat production has also declined due to rain damage, leaving the majority of the crop only suitable for animal feed. As a result, China is poised to become the world's top wheat importer. During the first 11 months of the current marketing year, Chinese wheat purchases exceeded 12 million tons. Australia provided more than half of those cargoes. This is uh, interesting. So it's it's been hard to find anything friendly in regard to the wheat market. I mean, we know we had a drought in the Southern Plains in the U.S., but generally speaking, U.S. wheat's been overpriced. And I and I do think the majority of the rally you've seen in wheat prices recently it's it's has almost exclusively to do with the surge in row crop prices. I don't think it's specific to wheat. I think it's like a sympathy rally. Maybe you could look at spring wheat and say, you know, we had some building drought in spring wheat country, but guess what? It's raining in North Dakota this morning and uh, you'll probably see conditions improve. Interesting statistics. China is uh, normally, or has been, I think last year was your top wheat producer uh, in the world. India is the third uh top wheat producer in the world. The European Union, if you were to consider that one country, would be number two. Uh, China's a huge importer of wheat, typically number one. India doesn't really import or export much. They're kind of self-sufficient. Um, also, uh, Sovicon, which is a well-followed private group, lowered its projection for Russian wheat production this week. And then, of course, you've always got grain deal stuff floating around. So maybe some like friendly, I'm not going to say bullish, friendly-ish headlines floating around in regard to the wheat market, um, aside from the U.S. production issues. That's something that we've really not seen a whole lot of recently. A record Brazilian soybean crop has resulted in a surge in soybean shipments into China, possibly reducing future demand. Chinese customs data shows imports are up 11% for January through May compared to the same time, uh, time period last year. The rise in soybean shipments is weighing on soy meal purchases and could reduce bean purchases later in the year. Demand for soy meal was expected to increase after China's reopening, but poor hog margins are causing feed makers to keep soy meal stocks to a minimum. Yeah, so I guess that the the thought here is that maybe China kind of like front loaded their soybean purchases. And this goes back to something we've discussed at length previously is that um, the new crop book of U.S. soybean export sales is really bad. Uh, China has not been in for new crop U.S. beans in the way that they typically would be. And you know what? They weren't buying new crop beans when we were south of $12 on the board. Now we're closer to $14 on the board. I just don't know what that does in terms of demand. China's got issues with um, with the hog herd. They've got issues with crush margins. So this is uh, not necessarily a good look on the demand front. And yeah, I understand demand uh, doesn't matter in these uh, supply uh, uncertainty type times when it comes to a crop scare event. But um, there there will be a point, whether this is a crop failure or not, that uh, the demand matters. It just seems like the market is not overly interested right now. Uh, cattle were kind of mixed yesterday. Uh, for the most part, cattle futures were down yesterday. Live cattle futures closed an average of 34 cents lower, except for 12 cents and 5 cents higher in the front two contracts. Feeder cattle had another tough day, closing an average of 367 lower, anywhere from 292 to 442 lower. So far this week, cash cattle trade is $2 lower in the Southern Plains at 180 and 2 to $3 lower in the Western Corn Belt at 184 to 185. Choice box beef lost 266 yesterday, ending the day at 334. 
34.33. Choice is now $9 off of last week's high. Select box beef declined 3.68 on Wednesday, ending the day at 3.04.25. Healthy correction the way it looks uh, for the moment. Outside markets this morning, guys, U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are down a little bit. The S&P's down 12. The Dow Jones down 90. Uh, gold's down 7 bucks. Crude oil down $1.32. In the August WTI 7120 last trade. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we will talk to you Friday morning.